Hey, Passing Points fans, are you in the market for any custom helmet work, custom paint work, or just any kind of custom artwork in general? Then you need to get a hold of Graphics by Kent. Graphics by Kent is a painter out of Oklahoma based in Skytook, and he can take care of any of your custom paintwork needs. And if you're ultimately wanting the best image, get a hold of Graphics by Kent, graphicsbykent.com. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the speakers and actually represent the views and opinions of this show. Welcome to Passing Points. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is what you saved your lunch money for. Your field to the green. Welcome to episode 158 of Passing Points Podcast, presented by Same Day Auto Repair. I am your host, Michael Tyree. Got my co-host. Lane Goodman with me. Travis Ashwood is off this week, and uh, we've got an exciting show for you. We've got a lot of things to unpack. Some big-time sprint car news has happened this week and last week, a combination of both, um, and we're going to be talking outlaws, um, technically all-stars, high limit, um, and more, and we've got an interview with Talon Turner of T2 Promotions. Um, we're talking Power Eye 410 Boss Sprint Cars, so let's kick things off uh, with episode 158, and we're going to bring in Talon Turner for our Speed Stick Shocks interview. Talon, thanks for taking the time to come back on Passing Points Podcast. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. It's a big weekend for you and your T2 Promotions. Um, you got the 410 Salute to Service at Tri-State Speedway in Pecola, Oklahoma, uh, 5,000 to win Friday night, 12,000 to win Saturday night advertised. It's a big weekend for you, bud. Yeah. Yeah. going to be a big weekend, not just for me, but for 410 racing in the region as well. Yeah. I mean, and even breaking it down from region to state, this is, this is huge having 410s back in Oklahoma. We haven't had 410s here since the all-stars were at Red Dirt Raceway a few years ago. Um, and they did that swing through Oklahoma um, this is a big deal, man, and we, we can't appreciate you enough, can't thank you enough, and we appreciate you doing this and helping getting them back. Um, I guess technically 410s were here at Tulsa Speedway earlier in the year. Um, that was rained out, and that has also been added onto the tail end of this weekend to finish off the season. So you guys got two nights there at Pecola, and then the f- Sunday finale at uh, Tulsa Speedway. Um, you broke this news on our show, actually, a few months ago. Um and this was a big deal. What, I mean, just kind of recap, what made you want to um, promote a race like this and in Oklahoma and at Tri-State Speedway? Well, um, I was working at a Power Eye race. Um, it was actually the first uh, 410 race of the year um, at Benton Speedway. And we were kind of all sitting around talking and we were talking about the schedule for the rest of the year. And this weekend was actually supposed to happen at a Monarch, if I remember correctly, in Texas. Well, that track had um, just announced that week that they were shutting down. And so we were all kind of talking around me and uh, Kenny Brown, the owner of Power Eye, were talking. And I, I'd always um, out on nationals went good. You know, we had a really good turnout, good show. And and I'd wanted to do some more racing and some sprint car promoting. So I asked myself, well, what do you think if I took on that show and found us a track to take us on um, after all the schedules are out and just find somebody to take us on late in the year? And he told me to go for it. So I started making some calls to some tracks and to some people I knew in the area. Cause I knew being that time of year, I had to be somewhat South and the deal just kind of fell into place with tri-state. Um, a couple people told me I should reach out to them. That it'd be a good place to have it. 
So I called the owner and they were all about it. We worked out the deal and it's kind of just snowballed from there. This is kind of more of a curious question on my part. It's irrelevant to really the race going on this weekend, but uh, I know Tri-State Speedway had recently announced some uh, change in ownership. I was curious, did that did that actually have any effect on your show? Everything just kind of go as, as honored uh, previously? Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, crazy story behind that. Uh, so I've been working with Michael Hoover because um, mm-hmm. he was the previous owner of the track and he'd call me every two or three weeks and we kind of, kind of go over things, make sure we were still on the same page. And one morning he called me, I think it was that uh, Monday, he called me, it was like eight in the morning. I answered the phone, figured it was just another check-in, see everything was going. And he started off the conversation um, with, um, I'm calling to inform you that I sold Tri-State Speedway effective immediately. And of course I'm over here, like heart drops, like, Man, yeah. When, this when somebody is never, uses this those, is never good news, right? When somebody uses those terms "effective immediately," it never usually pans out for the person hearing it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So I immediately like start to go into panic mode. Like you've got to be kidding me! Like I found a track that would take me on like end of the year and do something like this, and now he's telling me he sold the thing. But we got further in the conversation, and um, he told me my deal was still good and about the new owner. Then I've actually met uh, Jake, talked to him on the phone a couple times, and I went down and met him. And I mean, he's a great guy, and he's going to be really good for Tri-State. So it all, it couldn't have worked out any better for the situation. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, obviously the race is going on still, so I figured it had to be something like that, or maybe just that, you know, the... Everything was still on schedule for this year, so I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, We're excited about this weekend. Um going to going to be making the trip down this weekend I believe to take the take in the festivities. You got a lot of big names coming um especially for this area, some from Texas, some, you know, Missouri obviously, Oklahoma. Uh you got some coming down from Knoxville area, so uh kind of give us a rundown on who all you knows coming and who all you're expecting your regulars and and some of the the extras that are tagging on to this race uh here at the end of the season. Yeah, so we'll uh We'll have like the Power Eye regulars, like Xavier Doney, Kyle Belm, Riley Kreisel, Joe B, um, Lane Warner, Scotty Milan, Gage Montgomery, a lot of those guys. And then um, Blake Hahn will be there. I mean, that's in his backyard. Uh, Jace Park will be there in the Morton car. Um, we'll have Ayrton Jenaton. Um, Brenham Crouch will be there, CMS Racing. Um, Zane DeVault from Indiana, he'll be there. Um, JJ Hickle. Um, I got a call last week that he'll be there. Um, Sam Haferteen, we um, figured that deal out earlier this week. He'll be there. And then I got a, the call a couple days ago that Noah Gass, um, they wanted to make the trip over end of season and that being close to home for him too. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, just last night, we kind of worked the deal out and I got a call last minute that Corey Eliason and Aaron Reitzel were in the equation for this weekend. That's awesome. Nice. You think, um, I know, you know, you can be real with me and tell me I'm crazy or you can keep your mouth shut if you know something, but there's a lot of fans out there. So I just got to mention this on behalf of the fans. There's a lot of people that are hopeful that a certain white number 57 could potentially show up. I think that probably unlikely with, you know, just getting off of a long NASCAR season might be wanting to take some time off, but have you heard anything in the, on any rumors about that? 
I mean, I would say it's very unlikely. And if he were to show up, I would have no idea about it until he pulled in. Because as far as I know, um, the white 57 will not be there. All right. So you just broke a bunch of people's hearts. I know. I should have waited <laughs> to do that until like after Saturday when everybody was there. Yeah. <laughs> after the two nights have concluded, be like, hey, guys, I think the 57 is not showing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the 57 is not here, guys. Yeah. Um, you know, I did just hear today, um, or I guess was reminded today that there's a big, uh, 410 race in Pennsylvania. It sounds like this weekend as well. Uh, yeah. do you think that has any bearing on, on your car count? I mean, it's pretty far away. Um, but I know like I've seen that like the shark racing team is going to be there in Pennsylvania. So I, I imagine it sounds to me like some of these guys are this time of year, just probably staying closer to home anyways. Yeah. Um, I know talking to people, we probably lost. 10 to 12 cars. Um, I mean, their race also pays double than um, Tri-State does. Theirs right. is a single-day show, but it pays, 25 if I remember to, correctly, yeah, 25 to yeah, win. Yeah. So, I mean, we lost, like, a Chase Randall, um, the Shark Racing cars, some cars that were going to be at Tri-State, or we had a good chance of them being at Tri-State. But, I mean, for a lot of those guys, that's closer for them, and it's a lot more money. So, it's a, in my mind, it's a no-brainer for them to go there. Yeah. So but uh, I also am surprised of some of the guys that we are getting that I assumed they would be going to um, Pennsylvania, but instead they decided to make the trip south. Yeah, I think and I, I do believe that there's probably going to be a, a handful of cars, if not more, that are going to show up to this race that, that we're going to be like, oh, I didn't even think about him, you know, and they're just kind of flying under the radar and don't really care to be announced that they're going to race a race. They're just going to show up and race, you know, so I'm hopeful that. Yeah. I believe we're still going to have a great car count and it's going to be a great event. Um, you know, when you're, when you're doing the promotion side of this, uh, there's so much to it, you know, you got to sell it to the track. So they'll, they'll book the date. You got to sell it to sponsors to help cover things. Um, but how much as a, as, as a promoter, are you doing to sell it to drivers and teams? How much are you calling around and trying to recruit these teams such as like shark racing and chase Randall and those that kind of, you do know that, are, are going to Pennsylvania. Um, how much communication have you had and, and how are you trying to sell that event to these guys? I mean, really between messaging people and calling them, calling car owners, I probably talked to close to a hundred to 150 sprint car owners that I knew owned Fortune equipment that I had a, even a ballpark chance of them considering it mm -hmm. and really, um, selling it to them as, I mean, one, our purse is there. Big thing for us was our start money Saturday. We wanted it to be a thousand to start Yeah, just to show those guys that, I mean, we're trying to pay all the way down through the field. Yeah. And when um, Tulsa Speedway added that show on Sunday, that also gave us something to sell to the everybody too, that they could come for three nights of racing. Mm -hmm. And all of it was, I mean, decent money. I mean, you got 5,000 Friday, 12,000 Saturday, and then you have a, 7,000 to win show Sunday before you go home. Yeah. But, um, really just trying to sell it to the teams of, you know, one last race of the year, good money. Um, and really some of the teams, um, we worked out, I mean, this is a, they want more racing down here. A lot of the teams, they liked some of the tracks down here that the all-stars used to come to and things like that. So this was kind of a, you know, you come support this race. This gives us what we need to go put on those shows again. Yeah. Was there any teams that maybe were on the fence that, like you said, that 
thousand to start, twelve thousand to win. I mean, that's essentially you're looking at an outlaw purse there. I mean, they're typically ten thousand to win. I think a thousand to start. So I mean, you're paying obviously top of the line money. Um, does that that money did it end up being kind of a a tipping point for some of these teams? Yeah, especially um, a lot of the smaller teams. The start money was more than they cared about. You know, you could mm-hmm. tell them it's twelve thousand to win Saturday, five thousand to win Friday, and then Sunday. But all they would want to know back was, well, what's the start money? Because yeah. really, that, I mean, the smaller teams, that's what they're most concerned with is, I mean, as long as they make the A feature, what are they going to get back? Yeah. No, I get that. Your smaller teams, um, you're, you're going to have guys there that are in pickup trucks and trailers. They're going to have to get hotels, um, things of that nature. So, like, the cost the cost to race and cost to stay there for two in the area two, three nights, um, it really adds up for these smaller teams in ways that people just don't understand. Yeah. And I mean, really the smaller teams are what, I mean, they're the ones that get you your car count. You only have always a handful of what you'd consider like the big name guys, but your smaller teams are, I mean, really the ones that make this all happen. Yeah. It takes the full field, man. You can't forget about, um, everybody else, you know, that's, that's helped fill in that field. I've always said that myself, like I, I care more. I'm one of those guys. I care more about start money than how much it pays to win because I mean, I'm realistic about where I'm, I'm a mid pack car. I understand that. Um, you know, when it comes to these big shows, start money, man, that, that sells me for sure. So I completely understand. Um, and I think you did a really good job of making that a priority of yours on that, on this. Yeah, that was a priority of my micro racing too, just to make sure the, cause you go to a lot of shows and it may pay a lot to win, but the start money just isn't there. So, yeah. I mean, my, the micro race may not pay as much as some of the other ones, but our start money is better than all of them besides, um, that big show at us 24 i mean ryan did a incredible job with i mean it paid a lot to win and a lot to start but that's something that i've always kind of taken as a priority was the start money well i believe you're doing it right because um i think you know when you take start money you elevate that start money and you start paying you know from top 10 on back and you start elevating the purse right there um that's i truly do believe that's how you build a car count yeah well, it's going to be a big weekend for you, man. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you this weekend. I know you're going to be busy, but uh, we'll try to say hi to you once we see you going by because I know you're going to be uh, hard at it because um, not only are you promoting the race, but uh, you're still kind of in a race director type role for the series. Yeah, I'll still be in an operational role for the series. Uh, we're bringing in some extra staff this week to kind of help cover kind of what I normally do in some other positions. That way we... I don't have to be tied down to something. I can be kind of flexible and be wherever I need. And I mean, we're, we're bringing in plenty of staff to kind of help make it run smoothly. Um, bringing in some track prep help. I know that was some people's concern with tri-state just because they're so used to fender car racing that all the sprint car guys are worried about tires. So mm-hmm. we're bringing in some equipment and uh, track prep help to make sure that's not an issue and trying to, trying to make it all come together and run smoothly. Yeah. Well, hey, kudos to you for uh, putting really all of that, all everyone's concerns from the from the pay, start start money, track conditions, just even the operations of the the weekend. Um, and it sounds like you really are listening to people um, and trying to take into account everything. And uh, man, I'm sure it's going to be a, a smooth event. It's going to be a good weekend. Um, extremely excited again to have four ten sprint cars here in Oklahoma. And uh, I can't thank you enough for putting this on as well as I know a lot of the fans 
here in Oklahoma appreciate you and what you're doing and bringing this to us. Um, we wish you the best of luck this weekend, and uh, I know you're going to knock it out of the park with this race, and uh, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Yep, you too. So, Lane, you going to go out there this weekend? Uh, I don't know. Not really sure yet. Yeah. Maybe Saturday. Yeah, I know for sure I think I'm planning on going Saturday. Uh, Friday, I'm not 100% sure what's <laughs> going on yet. Um, at the very least, I think I'm going to make it, might end up doing the Saturday and the Sunday probably more than likely. That's kind of what it's looking like for me for my two days this weekend. Yeah, probably, I know Sunday I'll be out there, but, uh, Saturday, I'm not really sure yet. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. Yep. Any chance, uh, you could probably tell me now I'm crazy, but any chance that 39 car comes over from Arkansas? No. <laughs> I told you, you you said it like I was crazy. So they probably uh getting ready for chili bowl mode, huh? I don't know. They're more focused on the victory field stuff. Oh yeah, how's that going for you? Yes, good. I know you're pretty heavily involved in that as well, mm-hmm. at least on this side. So it's good. Hey, I was curious. Uh, me and Travis are actually talking. We went to Tulsa Speedway, by the way. Uh, Officially on air, congratulations on 2023 Tulsa Speedway Sprint Car Championship. Thank you. That was a fun night. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a it good was, night. For yeah. Her. It was a good night. You led every lap of the A feature. Mm-hmm. Finished it off. It was your third win in a row there to end the season. Yeah, the third. Yeah, third in a row. Yeah. So that was fun. Good laid, laid back group of people. It was just uh-huh. a... Fun night of hanging out for me. I didn't have to do anything. So. Oh, yeah, right. You didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I would have if you asked, but actually, <laughs> I did do Corey. something. I did help Corey. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, I did help put a front end back in his car. So that was fun. Uh, he took a heck of a little ride there. Yeah, that was a little rough one. Yeah. Got some hang time. So let's uh, get dive into our open segment here. Uh, I got a few things, man, that I've kind of been, this is that time of year where, um, news, it seems like news is coming out daily, just little tidbits. I started making notes on my phone. Uh, some things that happened since we recorded last week, mm-hmm. uh, Ian Matson announced his retirement. Yeah. Does that surprise you? Eh, it does, but it doesn't. That's where I'm at. Like it's on, it's like, I can see it. It makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. I think he said he's 39. You know, rides for him have slowed down. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm like, he's still an extremely capable driver. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm I'm like you. Like, it, I see it, but I'm, sp- I'm a little bit caught off guard by it. Yeah. Didn't see it coming. Um, uh, I did see that it was announced that Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, is going to be in a Seabell Micro at the shootout. Oh, that as well. That, uh, that should be a good pairing. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember who... Uh, did Bell have his micros at the shootout last year or was the year before? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't keep up with it because he's had a couple. He's had a race team come and go, had a deal going with Chad Boat. Uh, so, yeah, I can't I can't quite remember. But I, I saw that pairing and I thought, that could be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, be, we'll see how many classes they're looking at and see if maybe – Seabell's going to drive one of his own as well. I would assume if he's taking cars, he probably was planning on being there. So, 
Uh, well, it also depends on what his NASCAR contract allows him to do. Um, so we got some high limit news to cover. Um, I think I'll, I'll get to that here. We'll work our way down to that. Uh, there's some outlaw news to go with that. They kind of go hand in hand. So we'll cover some outlaw stuff and some high limit stuff here. Uh, but speaking of outlaws, man, did you see that nasty Zeb Weiserek at Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was tough. Mm-hmm. That was a tough one. Uh, if anybody out there hadn't seen that, you can go look it up. Uh, pretty nasty wreck into the fence, but the thing that got really crazy was the throttle stuck afterwards, and that thing was just a little bucking bronco around the track there in turn four, I think it was. Yeah, it didn't stop. No, it didn't stop for a little bit so, until it finally lugged out. But, what about you? You got anything on the open segment topics? Um, Not really. I don't think so. Don't really have much, I guess, happening other than race season ending. Yeah. No surprises at the end of the year. Yeah. Kind of a uh, a weird end of the year, but is what it is. We're going to do something special to celebrate your championship. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it without Travis. <laughs> I was wondering where he's been. I guess he's not feeling too great. Yeah, he's thinking he might have the flu. Might have had a fever, so he had the sweats and the shakes and bed. And That's not any good. No, no, it's not. I know there's some stuff going around, so. um, So, yeah, looking forward to having Travis back. Uh, when Travis gets back, uh, we're going to sit down with uh, Johnny Kent. The uh, Oil Capital Racing Series concluded their season this, this past weekend at Caney Valley Speedway. Johnny Kent was deemed the champion, mm-hmm. uh, which puts him second championship for the year. Yeah, wing uh, and non-wing. got the wing and non-wing series championship, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so we're looking forward to talking to him. I know I teased on Facebook. He'll be uh, coming to a podcast near you soon, and uh, we were for real about that. So we're going to be getting Johnny Kent on here real, real soon, um, just as soon as we get Travis back because – He's a big Johnny Kent fan. He wants to be here for that one. So yeah, he just had to get sick. Had to get sick. So uh, all right. Well, I guess let's get on to the meat of the show because I feel like we got a lot to talk here about. So I'm gonna pry some. I'm gonna pry some information out of you, Lane. So oh, uh, Jesus, my favorite thing. <laughs> it, just think of it as a reverse grind my gears kind of segment. What is uh? No, it's not a reverse. If you're if you're grinding my gears, no, I don't want to grind your gears. I want I want you to, I want to put air in your balloon. I don't know. We're just gonna. You want to f- what? I'll put air in your balloon. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Trust me. World of Outlaws, uh, World Finals this past weekend. So it concluded the. World of Outlaws oh. season at the dirt track at Charlotte. Night one saw David Gravel winning, so he was able to cut down on the points lead a little bit with Brad Sweet. Uh, but night two saw a top three outside of the Outlaws with Brent Marks winning. And then night three, Brad Sweet putting an exclamation point on the season to win his fifth straight World of Outlaws champion, championship. Brad Sweet picking up the win and the points championship. Uh, so the points, they played out, you know, not much differently than what it looked like going into the weekend. Uh, but your final standings, Brad Sweet had 60 points over David Gravel. Uh, Brad Sweet with 11 wins on the year. David Gravel in second with 
12 wins on the season. Um, it's crazy how it works out. David Gravel has more uh, wins and more top fives, but he has three less top tens. And just that combination right there was enough for Brad Sweet. It just shows you how tight and how important. I feel like we talk about this every year with Brad Sweet. That's something he just does. And it's something that Donnie did for years is just kill him with consistency, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, David Gravel, 12 wins in second. Carson Macedo in third with seven wins on the season. Giovanni Selzy in fourth with one win on the season. Logan Schuhart in fifth with six wins on the season. Donnie Schatz in sixth with four wins on the season. Sheldon Hodenshield seventh with three wins on the season. Spencer Baston eighth with one win on the season. Brock Zierfoss ninth with no wins this season. And James McFadden tenth with six wins on the season. I think it's safe to say you could probably say James McFadden, I'm guessing, is probably going to be somewhere up there, upwards of maybe seventh or eighth if he hadn't had his uh, suspension and penalty. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's hard to argue that. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the points, I mean, I think that's about the gap there. So, um, some of the other. Full-time outlaws, Robbie Price finishing 11th, Noah Gass finishing 12th, Jacob Allen finishing 13th, and Bill Rose finishing 14th. Um, I don't want to kick anybody or say anything mean, but I just don't understand the Bill Rose thing. I don't understand getting... Maybe you should have him on the show and ask him. Maybe we should. Like, I just don't understand how you can be... (sighs) Dubbed a full-time outlaw and not be one. But, I mean, can I sign the platinum contract and, and be a full-time outlaw even though, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I'm speaking on something I don't understand. So, I just, that would be an interesting one for me. I'm curious to his story. Um, I mean, if I could afford to just run with the outlaws, I mean, it shows he's got 16 starts. And I know that's 16 A features, not 16 nights that he yeah. signed in, right? So, um. But yeah, I mean, if I could afford it, I would do it. Probably pays pretty well. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know about that. <laughs> You're really just looking at tow money and beef feature money at that point, right? Um, so the outlaws did announce. Now, everything I'm about to cover here with outlaws and high limits, um. I don't feel like I'm going to do all of it justice. There's so much information out there that's hard for to keep up with. But let me tell you guys, Justin Fiedler at Dirt Tracker Daily, he does a really good job at laying a lot of this stuff out. And he has so much information that isn't in a lot of these press releases. That, you know, He knows the right people, and uh, he's able to get you even more information. Um, and today, as we record, Tuesday, November 7th, go look at, Justin Fiedler's daily episode. Uh, he did two today, actually. He did one this morning, and he's actually covering this outlaw stuff. And then the high limit series information that we're going to be start, we're going to be talking about here shortly. He actually did a bonus episode in the afternoon to break that down. Once that news did get released, uh, so it's a big day in sprint car racing. Tuesday, November seventh. I'm telling you, like, go listen to Dirt Tracker Daily. You know, all, all of these podcasts. You know they like to 
they like to feed off each other. Um, I listen to him. There's a lot of times some of the things I talk about on here, um, you know, I hear him break down and it, it really helps me a lot. So, um, but just to kind of give you guys the gist of it, the outlaws, they did announce a bigger points fund for 2024. They announced that they're doing an, an overall increase on their, their purses by about 20%. So the drivers are going to be getting 20% more pay at the races. They announced that they're going to up their tow money. Tow money's going from about, I think it was like six to $800 was the range. And it is a tiered system based on where you're in the standings. And now it's going to be like an 800 to a thousand dollar range. So a couple hundred dollar increase there for tow money. Um, so, you know, they, all the outlaw guys, they get, they get money for where they finish as well as they get guaranteed money to tow their trailer to the track. Hence the tow money. Um, Lane, what do you think about what the outlaws were doing? Um, I mean, I hate to say this. It almost looks, on one hand, it almost looks like they knew something was coming, so they were trying to get ahead of the curve and say, hey, we're already proactively increasing some money. But on the other hand, um, you got to give them credit where it's due because the last couple of years, they have been steadily increasing everything. They've increased start money. They increased tow money not too long ago as well. They increased their points fund. Um, so like, you know, a lot of people that are just saying this is kind of reactive because they knew what was coming. I think you can make the argument that, that they've been doing this for a couple of years already. Anyways, they'd be dumb if they didn't. Well, that is true, but I'm just saying from a standpoint of they, they've, they have a track record here lately, at least of, uh, raising things to, you know, and here's something else that I found interesting listening to dirt tracker daily. The outlaws got rid of midweek races because the racers were complaining about it and they, they didn't want the midweek races, but now the high limit series comes along and it specialized in midweek races this year. And a lot of the outlaw racers were a little bit upset that they couldn't get more races in. Did anyone think that maybe those outlaw midweek races didn't pay as much as these high limit midweek That's races? The problem. That is the problem. It's all about the money that plays into it. Yeah, it's just a matter of fact. It's a matter that they didn't want to go be away from home all week just because they had to race a eight thousand dollar race. You know, I know mm-hmm. it's been increased to ten thousand the last few years, but uh, it's all about the money. So, with that being said, about the World of Outlaws and their season concluding, um, it, it, the High Limit Series uh, big announcement last week. Uh, the All Star Series been rumored since about august probably but the all-star series did officially announce that it had been sold to the high limit series so moving forward the high limit series and all-stars under the same ownership banner now the questions were being asked are the all-stars still going to exist is the high limit series still going to exist in its current state you know is kyle and brad just gonna help the all-stars be better we got those answers today (laughs) um the answer is the answer is on one hand a bit muddy, but also much more clear today. Uh, so unfortunately, in its current I don't know format name, whatever you want to call it, it appears the All Star Circuit of Champions name is dead now. Um, the High Limit Series effectively bought the All Stars, and they are rebranding it as High Limit racing so that's another thing it's not the high limit series 
it has now been rebranded as High Limit Racing as well. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. I didn't watch the video, so I'm this is news to me right now, too. Okay. Listening well, to you. Yeah, all right. So I, I've got some even more. Honestly, High Limits did a great job today. Flow Racing did a great job today um, with, the, with the press releases. Um, and even there's a, there's a Q&A deal that uh, Flow Racing put out. And uh, I'm going to go through that here in a minute. It's going to help answer a lot of questions too. But just to kind of give you the gist of it, the High Limit Racing, as we call it now, it's been rebranded. Uh, they're going national national racing. Uh, national tour with a million-dollar points fund with 250K to the winner. Uh, no restrictions. You can race World of Outlaws and this if you want From as far as a high limit. You know, if you want to go run a World of Outlaws race on an off night, mm-hmm. They have no problem with it. You want to go run a weekly race? No problem with it. No restrictions whatsoever. They want you to be able to go make your money wherever you want outside of this series as well. So that's big. That's nice. Uh, They will still have their midweek shows. Um, Even though they're going to do a national tour, they're going to do the midweek shows as well. And the midweek shows are still going to be an elevated purse. So I think they announced that their standard purse is going to be $12,000 to win. But these elevated weekly midweek shows are still going to be like the twenty three thousand, or I don't know if that was just twenty three because it's the year twenty three. So if it's going to be twenty four thousand next year, I don't know. But these midweek points or these midweek races are still going to be higher pay, and they actually are going to have still have their own points championship for the midweek series. The thing that's not clear to me yet is if it's separate from the national tour or if the national tour is required there. Maybe it's a show up points for the national tour type thing. That's not clear to me yet. Um, but the midweek thing, it's going to have its own separate points fund, a hundred thousand dollar points fund there. Um, and this is something that's huge with this high limit series turning to a national tour. They are going to have a West Coast swing. The Gold Cup and Skagit Nationals have been flipped from World of Outlaw dates, and they're going to be high-limit dates in 2024. Nice. So, Gold Cup, we've seen that coming, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's yep. <laughs> it's obvious with the ownership the, uh, of the track. The Dirt Cup, though, that's cool. Yeah. So, that's cool to see. Uh, it's going to pay big money now. Yeah. I bet you. Yeah. Because they're looking at adding. That's some, a three-day race to begin with. Yeah. So, that's uh, going to be big. You know what's big for us? <clears throat> I don't know. I, do you have dirt vision? Mm-mm. I don't either. And I was telling my wife this earlier. This, we, of course, we already had the all star races on flow, but I mean, this is essentially sixty, probably around sixty races of we're gonna get top of the line four ten racing that we're gonna get on our flow racing subscription. That mm-hmm. is freaking amazing. Hard to argue with that. So. Let me get this uh, Q&A, high-limit Q&A pulled up that Flow Racing produced earlier today. Some of this is a bit redundant from what I had already discussed, um, but I'm kind of going to read it a little bit verbatim. Um, some of it gives you a little bit more details than I was able to produce there just because I don't have that great a memory. Uh, so first question, did the name of the series change? Yes, the same. The name changed from High Limit Sprint Car Series to just High Limit Racing. Now, once again, what does that mean? Does that mean they might look at sanctioning their own like late metal thing? You know, does it? Yeah. 
Does it mean anything right now? No. Could it just be marketing for the future? Probably. It's a general name for an right. organization right, right now. <laughs> you know, the World of Outlaws, everybody knows the World of Outlaws. There's late models, there's sprint cars. What's well, World Racing Group? Correct. Yeah. The name, the entity that owns World of Outlaws mm-hmm. is World Racing Group. Yes. Um, will the series only run midweek? We, we discussed that. Nope. We're going to be doing national and the midweek. They're calling it the midweek money series. Huh. Um, the midweek money series will race on weekdays and have a separate hundred thousand dollar points fund. Uh, the series will run more than 12 events. They're going to run more than 50. Uh, Justin Fieler was saying today what he's hearing. They're actually expecting the series to get somewhere around 60 dates uh, by the time with some of the things that they have in works. If they come through, they're expecting Mm -hmm. it to land somewhere around 60. Uh, What racetracks will the high limit racing visit in 2024? Uh, They're going to kick the season off at East Bay Raceway Park in Tampa, Florida in February. Um, And it will end its season at the dirt track at Texas Motor Speedway in October. Nice. Yes, that's close to us. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, so former some of the former All Star Circuit of Champions events, including but not limited to the Bob Weikert Memorial, Tuscarora Fifty, uh, the Dean Niddle Memorial at Portsmouth, uh, the Race Rudine Foundation race will also be high limit races. Prestigious Eldora Speedway will host high limit racing twice with a two day midweek event in July that. Uh, it's a precursor to your Kings Royal. And then they'll be back in September for the four crown nationals. Uh, Eagle, Nebraska, Eagle, Nebraska, Eagle raceway in Nebraska is back, um, with the biggest midweek money series purse of the year. Um, high limit racing. will also have two events in conjunction with NASCAR. They'll have one at Texas motor speedway in April. So they have two dates at Texas motor mm-hmm. speedway, April, and then the season finale in October. And then they'll have another event in conjunction with NASCAR weekend at Lakeside Speedway, roughly eight miles from Kansas Speedway. And that will be in May. Uh, series makes West Coast debut in 2024. Like we said, the Gold Cup Race of Champions at Silver Dollar Speedway in Chico. And then the Skagit Nationals at Skagit Speedway in Burlington, Washington. Uh, complete 2024 schedule with more than 50 events, as well as personal information, will be re- released in the coming weeks. Um, another Q and a answer they had here, you know, everybody's asking, will Kyle Larson still compete? Kyle Larson's schedule is always subject to change based on his NASCAR series, but he will compete in the high limit series as much as he is able to. And he will continue to compete in all midweek money series races. So he's going to still do that little snippet of the schedule. Um, the big question here, I don't think I covered this earlier. Is Brad Sweet competing with the High Limit Series in 2024? And the answer is yes. Brad Sweet will continue to drive the familiar Napa number 49 for Casey Kane Racing on the full High Limit Racing Tour. Sweet will attempt to claim his first High Limit Racing Championship in 2024 after claiming five consecutive World of Outlaws Championships. That is huge to see a driver leave the World of Outlaws mm-hmm. at the top of his game. Right. But that just proves to you I mean, how would it look if he's going to start this national tour, but it's not good enough for him to join it? Right. So, yeah, he's got to be behind it. Right. And with them uh, getting Hess to come over and run the things, that's going to help them stay out of, they can be in the business side of it, you know, as far as their business portfolio. 
helping market things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad to see that they're going to have somebody involved that keeps them out of, you know, race race day decisions. Yeah. Um, who's going to be competing in the high limit racing events? Information about driver rosters not yet been announced. Uh, those announcements are going to be made as drivers and teams commit to running their tours. That's no different than every year. You know, sometimes it's going to take a few months to see how this all plays out. Their seasons are just ending. They're not going to come out and sit there and say exactly what they're doing next year just yet. Um, so the minimum high limit pay is 10,000 for preliminary nights of a multi-day event. Other races will pay up to a hundred thousand to win. Um, high limit will pay out more than five million dollars in prize money next season. Uh, <clears throat> more more information on the purses will be released prior to the start of the twenty twenty four season. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, the points fund is going to be a million dollars, two hundred fifty going to the champion. I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, that's less than the World of Outlaws." But it's also going to be somewhere around 30 to 40 races less. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you factor in the bigger paying races and the, the midweek money races. The potential is there to more than make up for that $100,000 deficit in winning the championship. Yep. Um, and then the fact that they can still go race all the crown jewel events of the World of Outlaws because the high limit series is going to be is going to have designated off weekends that allows their guys to go participate in the big money crown jewel events. Mm -hmm. They have, they are staying true to the fact that this is about the sprint car teams making more money. And to do that, they're going to bow out on the weekends that even the world of outlaws who doesn't like them, they're going to do what they can to stay out of it. And of course it's not. So the world of outlaws has a good car count because they want to be friends with them. It's just so the drivers can go make their money. Um, let's see. No word yet on exactly how the championship format's going to be played out. You know, if it's going to be two different points deals with the midweek, if the midweek's part of the overall big picture, we'll find out. Uh, like I said, uh, no high limit racing believes in the freedom factor to optimize the amount of revenue teams can make each season. High limit racing teams will not be penalized for choosing to compete elsewhere. Um, Here's another one. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier or not. Flow Sports does have a minority equity stake in the purchase of the All-Stars. So, um, you know, Flow Sports, I think this is good. Um, you know, World of Outlaws has had Dirt Vision. World Racing Group owns Dirt Vision and all that. I, I do think this is good for um, business, so to speak. Uh, Flow Sports having a say, not a say, but just a stake in it is going to help keep it running as well as, um, I know they're planning on doing some little mini series that follow some of the drivers that are already hearing about that going on. They're going to be doing some little mini documentaries and things. Um, flow racing is, is prepared to pump up the amount of coverage for this series. Uh, probably like Something we had anything we unlike we've seen before is what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Um, let's see. Series will no longer be regionally based. National footprint. The All Star Circuit of Champions have merged into the High Limit Racing brand. So we said that. 
Uh, ooh, here's a big question. Will Ohio Sprint Speed Week still happen in 2024? Hmm. Yes. High Limit Racing will have an announcement soon regarding the Ohio Sprint Speed Week. That's good news. That is for them. That's a good one. So that that's pretty much all their Q&A answers right now. That covers a lot. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested and you want to look at that a little more in depth, uh, yeah, head over to flowracing.com. I know everybody knows Flow Racing does videos and stuff, but they they do a lot of press releases and articles, and they do a good job of it. So there's a lot of information there. You can you can visit flowracing.com regularly and see uh, some of that information. So what's all that do for you? Just means a lot more racing. Yeah. A lot more options. Sounds like, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's cool um, to see. Now we got to wait four months. We're in like the golden era. We are. We've never seen this much money come into the sport or the possibility of this much money. Money-wise, we're in the golden era. There's a lot of money being pumped into it right now. Yeah, it's a big deal. So. Well, um, that pretty much covers all that's going on. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we covered with Talon on Power Eye, 410 wing sprints this weekend. Tri-State Speedway, Pecola, Oklahoma, November 10th and 11th. Mm-hmm. And Tulsa Speedway on Sunday, November 12th. Um, Center State Spotlight, Mariflex Hose and Accessories, OCRS Sprint Cars did finish their season at Caney. Reese Moran picked up that win. Um, we talked earlier about Johnny Kent winning the championship. Uh, so it was a good weekend to conclude racing here in Oklahoma, as well as there is one more race this weekend. Tulsa Speedway has a race. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. 1,500 to win champs ran. Last I heard, it was a non-wing race. So mm-hmm. um, there is one more sprint car race here. Uh, that is going to be Saturday night. Not sun. It won't be Sunday with the four tens. It'll be just four tens on Sunday. Uh, so Tulsa Speedway has their dirt down in T Town doubleheader this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, our pick'em challenge with with Travis out this week. Um, don't have anything to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like legit sick. He's in bed. He's not even responded to my text from <laughs> four hours ago. He told me he was going home, going straight to bed. He was. Thinking he's got the flu, so that ain't good. No, it's not. I uh, call that Corona these days. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so we did last week. We did a World of Out- World World of Outlaws World Finals at Charlotte, the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, Lane, you had David Gravel. I had Shuhart, and Travis had Brad Sweet. Lane, you did end up picking one point with David. Gra- you got one mm-hmm. point with David Gravel, so that uh, puts you tied with me for the lead, seventeen seventeen, um, and. Travis got two points, though. So he went from nine to 11. So he's only trailing us by six points now. Hmm. Uh, so if he'd have been here, we could have done the three nights of the power eye. He'd had another shot at it. But right. It's on him, you know. It is. We'll just take the time to think about where he's going to take us for dinner. <laughs> I know, right? So we'll do a – we'll try to get all the midget races. I think they start next Tuesday. So we'll try to get some picks in and get all the midget races that we can for this month. Yeah. For this month, probably just do one pick to cover the rest of them. That way we're covered. Um, well, Travis will get to pick first. Uh, me and you are tied, but you got the last point. So that puts me in front of you for picking. That's just how it is, man. I don't make up the rules, you know? Right. 
And that's how we've done it in the past, at least when we're tied. The person that got the last point picks after. Um, so, no, nothing else there. That's about it. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have a Speed Stick Shocks guest on here and Talon Turner with T2 Promotions. Uh, big race this weekend. I can't encourage you enough to go to uh, Pocola, Oklahoma and Tri-State Speedway for two nights this weekend if you're even remotely close to being there. Um, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be good racing. Um, anyone here in the Oklahoma area listening to this, if you want more 410 Sprint Car Racing in Oklahoma, you need to get out and watch this. Um, I know it's late in the year. It's a little cold. Take one for the team. There's some big things in the works. You know, I'm hearing rumblings of a potentially like a 410 sprint week or a 410, you know, multiple days run through Oklahoma, whether it's going to be a whole week, a speed week or whatever. I don't know yet, but I know there's some stuff in the works. So uh, prove them right, that they're picking the right state. Go out and watch it. So. Thank you to our partners, Same Day Auto Repair, Permstone Countertop Solutions, A1 Machine Shop, and Speed Stick Shocks. And thank you to all of our fans for continuing to listen to Passpoints Podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Passing Points Podcast is produced by MTR Performance Media. Please follow and like us on social media at Passing Points Podcast on Facebook, at Passing underscore points on Twitter, and at Passing Points Podcast on Instagram. Instagram.